0: Alright, here we go. Tiger Cast is back Tuesday night. We're going live for the first time in seven or eight months. I'm sitting literally in a pitch black room, so I'm already pissed off at that because the light wave's blown. <laughs> And then we have to deal with the bullshit from the Tribunal tonight again. Before, I'll say I, because I'm not sure if the others are going to join in in my sentiments, let fly at the MRO. I'll introduce our guest for the evening. You can hear one of them chuckling in the background because he thinks this is highly amusing that it's got me wound up. Captain Blood17, welcome back, mate. Good,
1: good evening, how are we? Folks, if you had heard, this is the angriest I've ever heard Michael <laughs> behind the scenes. He is so wound up, it's amazing. It, but,
0: it yeah, triggered me It triggered me yesterday afternoon and it even got cited. that's how bad it was. I, I even forgot to send through the agenda, that's how wound up I was. Um, <laughs> this is the first time I think we've caught up since the player sponsored nights, nice. we might even touch on that a little bit later as well. Your mate Camden, yes, you're yeah. doing well.
1: I'd like to say that um I brought him into good form by playing a very ordinary game of bowls and uh just getting his confidence up.
0: I'm actually shocked that you haven't written that anywhere on the form to be honest. I was honestly keeping an eye out for you claiming his his uh form run right at the moment, but no, you've done well to hold hold back there.
1: You know you know I don't like to boast and brag about things. Michael's come up. <laughs>
0: we'll give that five or ten minutes and we'll see if that's a different, <laughs> different story. <laughs> and the second guest tonight is uh, a regular when it comes to the Essendon games, Lunity from the Essendon board. Welcome to you, mate. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Hey, Captain Blood.
2: G'day, mate. How are you? it I'm... Sounds like you, you guys don't even really need me. You could probably do a
0: podcast on the MRO. Well, I think you might have a MRO. bit to add in with the goalpost gate. I <laughs> that, that's going to be your wheelhouse right there because I went into bat for you the other week, so... We we are friends on that front. Very good, very um, good. I do apologise. You're going to have to listen to a bit of a rant about the MRP, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll probably end up agreeing anyway. Um, yeah. But before we get into it, I, I, you two coming together for this episode was an interesting way it happened, wasn't it? Because Lunity, you, uh, if I remember correctly, listened into one of our episodes that I posted on the Speed Fa board, and just by chance, it was the one where Captain Blood uh, teed off on James Heard in the first thirty seconds. <laughs> Oh
2: yeah, I think so. I think I was listening to a Sweet FA podcast, and then um, it just auto played onto the next episode. Oh right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I heard that little tirade,
0: and he sent me a demand that I, I must be on with, with Captain Blood Seventeen. Now I told CB this, and he got, he got a little bit scared and defensive. He's like, "Oh, is he alright? Is he alright?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's fine. It's okay. He just he's a bit of a laugh." So I, I thought that was quite amusing. That of all episodes for that to auto play, it was that one yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: thanks mate (laughs) Uh,
0: but to be fair though you you do have a bit of a soft spot for SM don't you CB surely
1: uh look I'm gonna fess up this may surprise listeners out there they're my most hated team um (laughs) they they are (laughs) I've just sat in some horrible games they've said some horrible things to me over the journey and um (laughs) I'm not even going to go into the whole supplement thing, but that was probably the that was probably the tipping point. That and then um, there's no going back. There's no going back for that in my eyes.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, we're going to get stuck into the MRP because what transpired tonight is complete and utter bullshit, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, Ivan Soldo obviously got cited for what can only be described as a, a love tap to James Warfel, and I'm not trying to downplay Warpole or say he's a bad person, because he's not, he's, he seems like a reasonable player. But when you have the week before the MRP come out and not even ask the question about Fife or Ablett about their intentional elbows when one of them left the ground uh, and the other one was pretty forceful to Tom Lynch's face, and then all of a sudden this gets cited, it's just beyond belief. Um, so the tribunal tonight... It was decided that uh, the appeal was rejected because they felt that... I suppose they felt it was intentional, because that's what we tried to argue, wasn't it, CB? That it wasn't, gonna, it wasn't intentional, it was accidental or careless. And I can't understand how the tribunal come to that conclusion, because if you, look at, if you watch the footage and break it down, Warple moved into Soldo's path, he dropped his knees just before impact, which meant the impact was then higher than what it was originally going to be, and he got up straight away and went on to get 26 touches and was one of the Hawks' best. Now last week, if you read the MRP outcome from our mate Chriso, the reason why the other two boys didn't get rubbed out was because there was insufficient force, because the opposition play that they hit kept on playing the game. Warple played the freaking game out, Chriso, and got a lot of the ball. He was fine. Why doesn't that come into account for us as well? I just, I don't get it. So it's, yeah, it's beyond annoying, this scenario, because at the end of the day, it's come down to this. Soldo's walked into the MRP, or to the AFL house. He's gone up to the front door, and they said, oh, what's your name, mate? We're just going to check you off the list. Uh, it's Ivan Soldo. Oh, so you're not an Ablett or a Fife? Well, you know what? You're rooted. Then that's as simple as that. No Brownlow medal, um, and you're gone. And Wayne Carey, like you said before, CB off-air, Wayne Carey picked it a mile out, and you're right, now the media identities are now waking up to this. It's going to be interesting to see if there's any backlash from it apart from Richmond people. Well,
1: I, I, I'm just... um. It's a bit like the holding the ball rule. I, I, know, I, know, I no longer understand what holding the ball is, and I now no longer understand how they can come to these conclusions. Because I was always at the understanding... Um, you know, I guess it, it's, it's a football act. You know, that, that's one of the things they assess is a football act. And then when it comes to issues like this, where it's off the ball, you know, he's has one high, then it comes down to what I thought they were, they were really assessing using the medical, medical um, reports as part of their assessment. Um, and in this case here, you know, like I said, the guy's got up. He's absolutely. he's played a very good game. He was very good on the weekend, Wofford. And yet somehow our bloke... Uh, Gets a week. Now I've always, as I said last week, when you talk about the Fife incident, if it hadn't have been a two hundred centimetre, one hundred kilo athlete that five hit in the head, if it had been Higgins or uh, Castaneda, do you reckon he would have got up from that hit from five? No, it would have been a totally yeah, it would have been a totally different conversation. And I just, I, I, I'm laughing because it is, it is a joke to me, and um, I fully expected Soldo to get the week. That's why I'm laughing. The, the fix was in. We, we all, I personally thought it was going to
0: happen. And to make it worse, and I didn't know of this until tonight, I'm assuming that crocodox correct with what he wrote, was that it's written into the tribunal guidelines that previous incidents cannot be used as evidence um, so you can't cite precedence as a reason to get off a suspension. So they can go ahead and make all these decisions on Fife, on Ablett or whatever, and for incidents that were less, no one can say, oh yeah, but hang on, you did this and gave that, no weeks no one can do that so they're pretty much free to make up whatever bullshit they want and rub out whoever they want for whatever they want and there's no repercussions and no way for clubs to try and defend themselves other than by just the incident on its merit and that's just mind-blowing that they can get away with doing that
1: kids if you're out there listening i'm just going to say this there's a there's a very old the the greatest ever punk band the sex pistols and on johnny rotten's last ever show So do us a favour, read about this band, learn their history. And the very last show, Johnny Rotten says to the crowd, do you ever get the feeling you've been had? It's on YouTube, check it out. And uh, that is how I feel about the AFL right now. It's a con job.
0: Like I said before, I've even got a Collingwood supporter at work. He came up to me today and he said, I honestly believe that some, like, because apparently Gil and Chris are really close, that they just sit there over a glass of red and go, right, how can we just troll everyone this week? What kind of bullshit can we make up to create headlines and clickbait? Because that's what it feels like. It honestly does.
1: Well, I'll challenge that. I would suggest it's the other way. I would suggest that the AFL is a very reactionary competition. So the outrage of Ablett and Fife getting off, all of a sudden this week they're sending a
2: message. You might be right That's there. what I reckon. That's very AFL thing to do.
0: Well, yeah. how is that acceptable, though? I mean, they're, they're they're letting themselves treat the system effectively, and they're just taking the piss out of everyone. They they can stop them, though. Your mob lunacy—you have yeah. you really, honestly, should have won that Sydney game with a kick from the goal line. Like, how can they say that they clear or they tick off the uh, goalpost climbing, but then find the bloke for doing it?
2: Yeah, that's that's what's been really confusing, I think, and I think the club even asked exactly that to the AFL. How how can they both fine him but not pay the free kick?
0: And someone else made a point, are... it's similar to um, how they have come out and said that there's no such thing as tanking, but we're going to fine you Melbourne for, for doing it. Exactly right. Yeah. So It's just so
2: Lundie, really confusing. Lundy, you heard what
1: I just said before about how I feel about your club. <laughs> but take, take this to the bank. Against Collingwood, you guys got absolutely ripped off. It was a disgrace. And I'll side with you guys on this game against City. What happened with Riepey going at the post was an absolute farce. You guys have been denied two wins in my eyes.
2: Yeah, I won't disagree. I think the um, the Collingwood game pert a lot more um, because I felt like the overall performance was a lot better. Sydney just in general, was just a shit. Sorry, can I swear? I don't know how strict you are. No, that's it. okay. <laughs> anyway, um, just with, with AdSense, you know. Looming over <laughs> oh, the board now. Um, <laughs> cool. um, but I felt like this was just pretty awful in general, and we should really never have been in that, that position. So that, yeah, it was disappointing to not get a four points that we probably really should have rightfully been given. Um, it sort of maybe would have taken away from the fact that the performance was just subpar in general. So I'm not as bothered by it, but it's, it is just bizarre that they can fine rampy for doing it but then just not pay the free kick when it's in the rules and i've seen some people suggest that well the rule says you have to intentionally be shaking the post but and so he was just climbing it not intentionally shaking it but the act of climbing it shakes the post exactly so what's (laughs) where can you go with that it's but
1: that's the thing they treat us like dickheads they treat us like with with that is utter contempt in my eyes, that explanation is utter contempt. How like you I, view it?
2: I understand that it would have been a really bizarre way for the game to end. So but but it's in the rules. Like That's they, right. they exist they exist for a reason. So do do yourself a favour.
1: Did you guys listen to SN today and he listened to Nathan Buckley? No, no I didn't. The 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 conversation come back up, so they were talking about the umpiring and they will talking about, again, we have rules, but then it appears we've already had a set of guidelines come in, to which Buckley agreed. And it was and they Now talking about 666 and things like that. Now, he said a comment that seems to have got through, sort of slipped past a few outlets. But he said that clubs are frustrated with the 666, and particularly the letter of the law. They said because, at the moment, umpires are identifying things that should be free kicks, but they're not paying them. He said on the weekend... Um, Carlton had already infringed on the 666. right? Then all of a sudden in the game, they've done it again. The Collingwood uh, coaches on the sidelines have gone to the assistant umpires and said, look, they've infringed. It should be our free kick. They said, yeah, you're right. But then they did nothing about it. Mm. So there is frustration when, when the AFL is telling us, oh, all is good, 666, wonderful, and Bruce, and everybody's jerking off on TV about it. Trust me, behind the scenes, it just seems that um, all isn't what it seems.
0: Because they're going with this bullshit thing about, oh, but it's about the feel of the game. No, rules are written written for a reason. Apply them accordingly, and it's as simple as that. Don't make it any more hard or any more grey areas. I mean, it's a hard enough game to umpire as it is, but just pay the free kicks that are there to be paid as per what's written in the rule book.
1: I really wonder... um... Sorry? I was going to say, I think the umpire's confidence is shot. The umpiring division is confident because the actual AFL with their bullshit rules and what they've tried to impose in the game, they've made it too hard for these guys to actually adjudicate the game. That's how I feel about it.
2: I, I sort of wonder if if the rampy incident happened in the first quarter, like halfway through the first quarter, would they have paid a free kick then? Is it just because it was the a kick after the siren that it didn't get paid?
0: I think that's a good call because, mm-hmm. it. I mean, like you said, it was a deciding factor for the game. And the umpire yeah. would know that there'd be a lot of heat coming his way by paying it, but he broke a rule. You can have yeah. all the heat all you want, but he's they've copped more heat for not paying the free kick based on the rule that was written. But I think you're right, yeah. If it was earlier on, I wouldn't have been shocked if they did pay it. Yeah. And if they didn't it's know just... the rule, they're better off coming out, and I've said this last week, saying, look, sorry, we we missed it, we didn't quite understand the rule properly, because <laughs> it's not something that happens that often. We apologize, we're gonna work harder, think better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And everyone would have gone, okay, shit, they stuffed up, but they've put their hand up, fair play, move on. But they just won't yeah. do it.
1: They they never concede anything. No, never. It's, all t- it's all ticked off. By saying in the, in the um, NFL in America, the actual umpires hold a conference, they they review it, and then they'll actually come out and if they've made a mistake, like I think that New Orleans one, the umpires come out and said, Yeah, we made a mistake. It cost New Orleans a game, but they still come out and said, Yep, yeah, we cocked it up. Now, if we just had a bit more honesty in our competition, I think people would accept it, be more accepting, other than getting treated like mushrooms at the moment.
0: Yeah, I agree. definitely agree. All right, I've had enough ranting about that. I could rant for <laughs> hours and hours. That is, They're just incompetent beyond belief, but it is what it is. Um, but we did have a couple of games on the weekend that were played, so... CB, the Tigers, we went right against the Hawks. 14-11-95, defeated the Hawks, 8-11-59 by 36 points. I uh, must admit, it was a bit of a surprise that we won by that much, but after about quarter time, we probably controlled the game pretty well. We had uh, Caddy and Lynch with three goals each, and how was Dusty? Back to his best, two goals, 37 disposals, um, and what we spoke about in on the message, it was his hunting the ball and his leadership that really stood out for me.
1: I think um, the result actually wasn't surprising to me. I honestly thought we were—it was never in doubt. Um, very confident that we would um, smack the Hawks uh, with Dusty. Um, I'll say he was back to his two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen form. Um, it was just good to have the King back on the MCG doing his thing, and he looked from the outset hungry and. What stood out when you watched him, he's um, certainly taking on some... It looks like he's taking on some leadership uh, attributes where he's guiding, he's talking, he's talking to people. um, And I think that's very exciting because it's not something that we'd previously seen from Dusty. Would that be a fair call?
0: I think that's a very fair call. And it it could be the challenge he needed to take his game or get his game back on track, I suppose. Maybe... I don't want to say he got complacent because that's probably a little bit harsh, but maybe he just needed that new extra challenge to really... Get the fire and under his in his belly again to to be a leader of the club and yeah it is it was definitely things we hadn't seen before which was which was really good and the new Puma boots it has to have been them as well.
1: So he's not sponsored by Puma though, is he? He's just gone back to
0: him. I think he's just wearing whatever boots feel best and he's just up for grabs at the moment. But I wouldn't be against him wearing those same boots every week.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, mate, if he's going to play like that. Mate, get a, get a truckload on them.
0: And I know we just spoke about him off the top of the show, but and he's going to miss this week. But I thought Soldo played a, a brilliant game. He won the hitouts, gave us first use. Uh, I can't remember the last time we won the centre clearances and the hitouts. To be honest, and to see Dusty being able to just burst away from a, a centre clearance, kicking it inside fifty, it's not something we're used to. And I think it made such a big difference for us.
1: He was um it was it was a real pleasing game from Soldo, and again. Uh, just shows the development we've got going on in the VFL. Um, the one myth that really eats away at me is everyone goes, oh, geez, Richmond, surprising. Mate, for the last two years, our depth, we, we made the grand final in 2017 in the VFL. We made a prelim in 2018 in the VFL, and we're sitting on top of the ladder. So clearly our programs and what we're educating these guys with, giving them football IP, are... Um, they're coming along beautifully, and I think Soldo's had, yeah, you know, is it his third, fourth year on the list. Yep, yep. Um, I think he's just, you know, it's part of the Richmond football factory, and um, it was, it was a wonderful game by him.
0: No, it's coming along nicely, and a big shout out to Brandon Ellis as well. Who we played a really good game again, and Camden McIntosh, your man. His new role, well, he's not his new role, but his role in the wing. He's really excelling and he's being a bit of a handful of opposition these days.
1: He's absolutely monstering um, the opposition, Camden. He's having a wonderful, wonderful season, actually. I don't think he's had a down game. Um, Maybe a couple we've lost, but he's had his probably most consistent year. And Brandon Ellis, um, we all debated this ad nauseum. He was uh, in all Australian form in about 2014 playing off a wing. We tried to make him something he isn't, which is a defender. And who would have thought we put him back into his um, pet strength areas? And he's absolutely hitting the scoreboard again. He's racking them up. And actually, that the one thing he's been criticised on, his hardness at the pill, he's been very hard at the contest. And i um, really, really pleased that he's turned it around and he's doing great team things.
0: Yeah, agree. Definitely agree. I'm wrapped for him. So good on Alison. Hopefully he can keep it up. Uh, and Loons, the Bombers, he played Fremantle and got over the line. 8-12-60, defeated Fremantle 7-11-53. Fairly low-scoring game. Tipper Moody kicked three, which is good to see him bounce back. He copped a bit of a stick in the media, I think, the weeks prior. Shield got two goals and 25 touches. Merritt is your your number one player by far, I reckon. 35 touches. He just finds the ball at will, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, he does. Um, it's good to see him. I think maybe the addition of Shield to the midfield as well has meant that um, it makes it a bit more difficult for the opposition to choose who to tag. Because last year he sort of struggled. Um, when he was tagged, but he's starting to break through that now, um, and now we're just starting to get a few more options in there, um, which which is great. If he gets off the chain, then um, he's almost unstoppable.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Um, the scoreline being I, so I... low, do you reckon that was is that just a Ross line Freeman or factor? I mean, obviously their game the week before, I think it was against the Crows, was low scoring as well. Is that just how they play?
2: I feel like it might be, but I think part of it as well was um, the way we played was not fantastic either. Um, lately, we've been very keen on just bombing it into the 50 um, and just hoping that either Danaher will mark it or you'll get Tipper, Tipper or um, Fantasia roving around trying to uh, pick up the crumbs. But with no Fantasia, that gets a lot harder uh, to do. And so I think so Danaher kicked... Four behinds, Begley kicked four behinds, which really didn't help. Help the the fact that it was quite low scoring. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was probably a combination of both Fremantle and Essendon's own inability, I guess.
1: And and Loondy, I'd like to say, or uh, I know one these two are two polarising footballers over their journey, but it seems like they're probably having their best years um, for a couple of years in Zaraarkis and Heppel. Um, have certainly lifted their output, and it looks like they're having very good
2: years. Yeah, Heppel for sure um, is having a pretty pretty good season. Um, I think he was a bit. Both of them actually were a bit invisible. Um, although I think actually Zaharakis got thirty-ish, maybe. Yeah, 30, thirty-two, um, and
1: Heppel had twenty-seven.
2: Yeah, so uh, they're, they're both playing reasonably. Zaharakis comes in and out. Um, He'll have some pretty poor games. I think last week against the Swans, he was um, pretty, pretty um, average. But Heppel has started to form a pretty good um, partnership with Shield and Merritt as well. I think it was against the... Um, it might have been against Brisbane. Uh, in one quarter, the three of them just went absolutely bananas and we just pulled right away from them um, as a result of their efforts. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe not career best for them, but they're definitely improved over last year or at least the start of last year. Yeah, so
1: if you look at his numbers on the weekend, Zara had had... Um, he actually laid five tackles and I know that hasn't been a strong point of his game, but also had five inside fifties. So he had a very, very um, competent
2: game. Yeah, it's good. It's it's just the consistency, I think, with him. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll play these re- really good games every now and then, but it's just... Um, but whether he can back it up the following week um, that has been missing a bit, I'd say.
0: With Heffel, there's a few Essendon supporters who maybe in the past more so than now questioned his ability as a leader, but at the same time weren't sure if he had anyone else in the team who could be that Joel Selwood, that Luke Hodge type leader. What do you make of Heffel's leadership?
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I'm not sure if... So I I think he's fine as a captain, but I think we do have other options. Um, I think Cale Hooker would be a fantastic captain. Um, And even Michael Hurley, either of those two um, seem to be the ones uh, that a lot of the players get around. Um, I think Hooker as well. The fact that he was one of the – back when they were all suspended, he was one of the very first to – resign and show his commitment so I, I feel like he, he might have been might be a better leader in that sense than Heppel. um but yeah I'm not sure I think a lot of people commented on the um on Heppel and Myers smiling after losing the game against Sydney I don't know whether you guys saw yeah, that so, yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah that everywhere
2: yeah. yeah which you know I don't know whether it was just a so a quick moment from Heppel sort of consoling him, and we caught one smile in a, you know, when they're probably still feeling pretty crap that they lost the game. Um, maybe it was just one second that out of, you know, the rest of the night where they were probably miserable. Um, I think
1: I think that's how it was explained, though, too. I think it was explained that way. He was just basically saying, hey, head up, mate. You know, it was a tough, yeah. tough gig trying to kick it from 60. I think he just tried to say, you yeah, know, keep your head up. And then, um, you know, the, the rest followed.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's all it probably was, um, but people just latched onto it, um, especially like the Essendon board. Really, um, yeah. But I don't I don't think that like there's no need for him to be stood down or anything like this. I think he's capable, um, but maybe he's not the best leader in the team.
0: Oh, fair enough. And you know, I think that whole smiling thing was blown out of proportion. I think. There are times where you know you sometimes see opposition players talking and laughing with each other after the game, after you've been belted. That's probably a worse look in my eyes than yeah. what Heppel was doing because it's an ongoing conversation kind of thing where you probably should be a bit more in the moment with your teammates, I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah, what he did, there was absolutely zero issue in that. It was just a microsecond moment that was captured and it was as simple as that. But, um, yeah, we agreed. Huge game this week, though, fellas. I mean, Essendon fighting to get back into the eight and we're somehow in the eight trying to create some separation. You obviously got the bad news today about Devin Smith. I think he's out for the rest of the year now. Uh, I think he's been one of your yep. best players as well. It's just with his forward pressures, just absolutely unbelievable. Um, is Fantasia or Fantasy, whichever way we want to go with it, is he a chance to come back or is he out as well?
2: He's still out. I think he's out for another two or three, um, unfortunately. Um, yeah, losing both of them, like Smith sets such a, a standard for the pressure for the entire team, really. Um, especially in that forward half, um, it's really important. But so to have him, both, both him and Fantasia out, will really be damaging to us um, in terms of the pressure. Yeah, it's a
1: huge. Oh, I, I rate, I rate Devon Smith in your top three footballers in your club. He's an absolute jet, seriously talented footballer. Um, do you think? Do you think it was a mistake playing him injured? Was it the Anzac? W- what was the game he went into? Um, the last game where where he actually went in with a crook knee, and he hasn't played since. Was that the Collingwood game?
2: I think it might have been. Yeah. Um,
1: was was that a mistake? You reckon playing? Should they give him a bit more time off? Or
2: well, possibly. Um, but I think it was a new issue that they didn't. Not not the known issue with his knee. Um, so I think they just sort of let that. Play out. I'm not sure how bad the injury actually was and whether it, they didn't expect it to be aggravated or what was going on really. Um, I guess, obviously, in hindsight, you probably would rest him more. But yeah, if I he thought, thought he, he was switch good switch. to go, yeah, exactly. If he thought he was good to go, the doctors thought he was good to go, then
0: yeah, yeah, not much yeah do about it, yeah. And CB, uh, I suppose one of the the big attacking points for Essendon's game is their rebound off the half-back line with Saad breaking the lines. He's in a bit of form. He's running carry. We always knew it was very good, but he's actually become a lot more damaging in, in recent times. What are we? Who are we going to put on him to try and quell his influence? Because he could just really slice us open with those quick kicks.
1: Depends. I guess it depends what we've got set for the other way, isn't it? Because the, the one thing, like Saad's a great rebounding defender, but he's a bit uncomfortable. A bit unaccountable. So, are we looking to expose that coming the other way?
0: I think that's the Ooh, way to do it.
2: it. I disagree. Yeah.
0: You reckon he's um, accountable?
2: I think he's one of our best defenders. Like just playing defensively, I think he's probably leading our best and fairest at the moment. Um, when the ball goes near him, I have no worries whether he has it or whether he's, you know, uh, whether there's a marking contest. I'm very calm if sides there.
0: What about when oh, the balls? What about when the balls in general play and it's turned over and there's a, a quick breakaway back down? Is he a two way runner? Because I don't know I've often got the impression that he only is really keen to use his pace running forward with the ball as opposed to back.
2: It might be, might be a change for this year, um, but he's been yeah two way running, really well. Um, and I don't know I don't know whether it's just the fact that he's just that quick that. I never really feel worried if if an opposition has a bit of a, a gap on him because you always sort of feel like he will chase them down. Um, yeah, he's been like I said. I think he'd probably be at the top for us this year so far.
1: Oh, good. Well, I think I think the bloke that we should put on him would be Jason Castagna, who's quick
2: and he's a good defensive forward. Can
1: play a good defensive uh, role and trying to shut him shut him down a bit.
0: He plays a bit taller too, Castagna. He's actually surprisingly good overhead mark of the ball under pressure.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Rioli in. I think Rioli will come in this week, but yeah, I think George probably is the man to um go on to side.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. The other interesting matchups, more from an Essendon perspective, is what they're going to do with Hooker and Hurley. Uh, every time we play you guys, I always feel like maybe because I've always had only one tall forward, which happens to be the same thing again this week with Rewald out, obviously, mm-hmm. but I always feel like you might be more beneficial to swing one of Hooker or Hurley forward to try and exploit us down back, and especially now with Rance out of the equation as well. Do you reckon we're going to see a bit more of that on Saturday night?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Um, so we, we've got, I think, both Mitch Brown and uh, Sean McKernan are free to come back in now. Um, so probably Brown will come back in.
0: Um, to play so we really... play forward?
2: Yeah, so Brown Brown was in really good form, um, playing as centre half forward and just roaming up the wings. Um, I think against on ANZAC Day he had something like 25 touches, three goals. He's been was in really good form, but he just injured his wrist on a on a bad landing and has been out for I think four games or something like that now. Um, so I think we'll still see Hooker and Hurley both back. Um, it might be it might be that if if you're only going with one tall forward, then I feel like the play would probably have one of them on playing on them, um, and then have the other just as the sort of roaming intercept mark, which will probably probably
0: suits Hooker more, but Hurley can play it as well. He played it against Fremantle, I think, a bit more. And that's dangerous for us because traditionally we blaze away in... And- Players like McGovern, um, Harry Taylor, and anyone who's got a reasonable bit of height and plays loose is just going to have a field day. So if you do go with that lineup, I think that's going to be a bit of an advantage to you unless we start lowering our eyes, which we sort of started doing against Hawthorne, which was good. But if we We've play our last, old way, we'll be in trouble. Uh, mm. The
1: last the last two two games in particular, um, our use of the forward handball has been far more effective.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you've noticed, we're, we're, we're running and gunning a lot harder and we're not giving the ball. We're not blade, we're not really bombing uh, as much as we were. We've actually changed how we put our forward entries in.
0: So, and we had to um, because think, we were getting nothing yeah. from it. Yeah, correct.
1: And that's why all of a sudden, if you look at our scoring, uh, we, we've lifted to, um, I think the last three weeks, we've, we've kicked uh, 100 points a couple of times or we've nearly kicked 100 points every game. So they've um, clearly worked it out and we're, we're a far more effective scoring team at the
0: moment. And loons the I suppose the big talking point for Essendon is the the turnovers that occur when put under pressure. Do you reckon that's a fair assessment? Is that one of the weaknesses of the bombers?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's that. And um, if the corridor gets shut down, they, we just revert into into our shells basically and try and play a sort of a possession game, which is not what we're suited to. Um, so obviously, we're best when you have Sard, you have uh, McKenna. Um, Tipper or Fantasia, sort of getting the ball on half back and just using pace to get forward. Um, but if that if the middle of the ground is completely shut off, then we just get revert into trying to go for the switch too often, um, or just kicking a long uh, in hope really. So that's that's really the keys is yeah putting it putting the team under pressure and keeping the corridor closed off.
0: And we're actually not too bad at doing that, and uh, Kiwi Tiger made this post today on our preview thread, I think it was, that if you watch Camden McIntosh closely, he'll always be the last player on the fat side of the ground, guarding the corridor. Um, So we we do have that very deliberate setup to make sure teams can't just come back through the middle and away they go, but obviously our game plan is to try and force you to kick down the line, so it's going to be interesting to see who can get the upper hand there. What about Dusty? Back in some good form? Do you send someone to him, or do you just let him and Stringer go head to head for a bit and see what happens?
2: I think that's probably going to be it. We typically don't play uh, don't play taggers, um, so I think I think Stringer went head to head with um, Fife for a bit on Saturday, um, and did all right. He actually was really impressive when he went into the midfield, um, and I think it's going to take someone like that um, just to have the strength to go with to go with Dusty,
0: really. The best thing is, is neither of them are going to go anywhere near each other once the after the ball's been banned. They'll stand <laughs> side by side, and then they'll split and go their own forward way. Yeah. yeah, Before, exactly. from, think... from our perspective, CB, Merritt obviously is a ball magnet. I know we don't traditionally tag anyone, uh, sometimes much to our detriment, but do we have someone maybe keep a, a close eye on him, just in case he starts racking up some big numbers again?
1: Uh, I think our yeah, midfield has taken on a different dynamic since we've stuck um, Caddy in there caddy's been excellent in the middle um, there's another big bodied um, midfielder around Prestia, Lambert Dusty and those guys coming through um, I think we'll back our guys in, that's, we've done that all year I, I don't think, I think you know we know he's going to rack up some pill but I think um, Prestia and those guys are just going to go do their thing, that, that, that's how I feel about it, so <laughs> I, obviously I'll put a bit of time into him but I think we'll, we'll the way Richmond play, we'll back our system in, if that makes sense
0: Presti's, have, Presti's having a very good year. He's looking the fittest he's ever looked. I think he's almost going under the radar, if that's even possible. But, yeah, I, I'm tipping Presti to have a pretty big game this week.
1: Oh, he's had a very good year. Um, as, as you know, I've defended him on, on the board a few times. Um, no, I, I think... Uh, but the, the key one, like I said, I think, which has helped everyone, was putting another big body in there, getting caddy up the ground, onto the pill which has allowed our forward line of Baker, Bolton, Rioli, Castagne, all those blokes to um do their thing forward, forward into forward half. So, um, yeah, Dion's been good. Um, Kane Lambert, unsung hero again. He's had a great year as well, I reckon.
0: Now, the, the obvious issue we've got on our hands now is the fact that Soldo is still going to miss this week, which is complete bullshit, as we spoke about earlier. Nankervis is obviously out. So we're virtually down to Chole or CCJ, who... He's only 19 years old, isn't really physically developed, and I would feel extremely bad for him if he was thrown in against Bell Chambers because he will just have a field day. Um, Is it Chol by default that comes in?
1: Well, I I was going to ask you, Lunady. So Mm. who are your two ruck at the moment? Are you still persisting with the dude from Freo?
2: No, God, no. I hope not. He played Um, last week, though, didn't he? He didn't play against Freo. He was dropped. Oh, it must have been the week Um, before. Sydney he played and was very bad. <laughs> um <laughs> tie victory bad or... <laughs> Oh I don't know don't know if that's high victory bad, but just <laughs> yeah, not not great. Um So who you yeah, So we've been going with Bell Chambers obviously as main rock. Uh and then Danaher um will relief occasionally and um if it's like a ball in, in the in the forward line then sometimes Stringer goes in. Oh,
1: doesn't yeah. win yeah. doesn't
2: win many tip out uh hit outs, but you know.
1: I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if um, big CC, CCJ gets a crack at it this week. Actually, I'll back him in over Charles to come in.
0: Oh, he, he will get eaten alive by Bell Chambers. Yeah,
1: does, I, I think either way. I think all our Ruckman, now that, now that Soldo's gone, I think Bolter, I think uh, Jones and and uh, Mabs, they're all going to get monster, mate. And, and now, now that we've lost Grig, our premiership Ruckman, um, they're the <laughs> three options.
0: Should bring him back out for a game. Can we veto veto the retirement and chuck him out there?
1: Just don't king hit, mate. Just, just go whack a couple. It Doesn't matter. He's never coming back. You know. Even marriage. He's,
0: he's coaching. We could even chuck him in. He can sign him up one of those like ten <laughs> day contracts, like the NBA or something, and put him out there. It's <laughs> oh, yeah, it, It's I'll, a real concern. You... Oh,
1: no, look, you know what? Uh, it's we've just got to take the. Um, thing that we're just going to have to be, com- as best we can, competitive in there. And then once the ball hits the ground, we just have to back our blokes in. So... And look, I suppose, uh, to
0: be fair, after thinking about it a little bit more, the only good thing to take away from it is our midfielders will be so used to not having first hands on the ball anyway because Nate doesn't really win <laughs> the taps, that it's not going to be too much of a shock to their system, I suppose.
1: Yeah, not, and I'm wondering, with, with like Bolter's had some good games now, and he, he really, um, if you haven't seen much of him, Lindy, he's got a He's got an unbelievable, he can do everything. Actually, the guy's like Superman. The only thing he's, he's missing is jocks and a cape, right? He, um, But he's got a very good jump on him. So you're going to have to find a way at the centre bounces. He, he's been sort of almost jumping over the top, hadn't he, um, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he, he's got a really good um, natural spring. So right, it'll be okay. interesting to see um, whether he actually takes first ruck and, um, you know, depending on what they bring, they start start them forward with Tom Lynch just to stretch, um, stretch Essendon a bit if
0: we get the ball moving forward. Yeah, a few different options. It will be an interesting selection.
2: Uh, yeah, I think um, just just on that quickly. Um, like I said before, it seems like when we when we do get a clearance, there's not much thought given to it, and so it will just end up being uh, a bit of a bomb hack kick sort of into the into the fifty, and just hope that Danaher or someone or Stringer or someone will will mark it. Um, so I'm not sure that that's as much of a concern as it would be against other teams. Um, for us, our main way of scoring is just rebound. Um, yeah.
1: Well, well, I think that's that's the strength of both teams, isn't it? Both teams rely on um, the half-back line. So you guys have got yeah. um, Sard and those guys. And on the other side, we've, we've had a revelation in putting Titch Edwards on the half-back line. So we've got Titch and um, backer ooh, coming off our half-back line, who are just bloody lightning quick. And then Bloston's um, yeah. no slouch either. And actually, there's the other one we didn't talk about, Michaels. lost Bloston going in the midfield. It yeah, didn't work two years ago. All of a sudden, no, he worked.
0: Yeah, and I don't, I don't <laughs> know, don't know why what changed this time. But he was very good in there. Uh, do you guys have any other players set to come back in loans, or is it? Do you reckon you're going to go in fairly unchanged?
2: Um, so obviously Smith will come out, um, and I'm not sure who will come in to replace him. Probably Myers. Um, he was far too good in the VFL. Um, and he always is. He goes back down to VFL and dominates. But uh, like I think this week he had 29 touches and three goals. Um, but then it just doesn't translate when he gets back into the AFL side. But I think um, he'll come back in, um, and then probably I'd say Mitch Brown will come in probably for Francis. Um, and aside from that, I don't I don't see any changes happening really.
0: And CB for us, the other change that is probably on the cards, Um, and I think the board is a little bit divided with this one. Is Rioli coming back in? Uh, I'm of the opinion, and it's probably the unpopular one, that I know he designed the jumper with his family, Uh, I know it's the dream time of the G game, but I don't know if we should be picking players based on occasion. I'd rather, I think we're a good enough team and it's a professional environment to pick players based on form. Um, And based on form... The last couple of weeks, by all reports, Dan Butler would be the one that would be first in if you're going strictly off how their performance has gone in the VFL. But I don't think it's going to happen the way I, I honestly think really will come in. But I'm, I just really hope that it's that the form line's taken into account.
1: Well, look, I think um, you got to remember Rowley before he got banged up, he copped a massive quad corky against the Swans. And um, he, he copped three weeks of an absolute pounding. The well, Tom, the dogs got him. He actually, he was struggling with the dogs game, didn't they? They finished him off. So um, I think it was good that he, he played in the reserves on the weekend. That shows that Dimmer isn't just picking favourites and putting them back in. Um, it's good that he back he, he actually backed the current squad in. Um, I, I would think, it's funny thinking about it. I, I wonder if Jack Higgins could do with a spot in the resies and he actually comes in for Higgins. I I don't think, given that Bolton was on our website in the coach's corner thing, that means he ain't getting dropped. Um, I wonder, and I don't think they're going to drop Conor Minichu, I think they're happy with what he's doing in the role he's playing in the back half. I wonder if it's um, Higo's spot that might be in a bit of danger with Roley coming in.
0: Well, the other one would be Baker, but he hasn't really done a lot wrong either. To, to be fair, none of them really done a lot uh, you, wrong.
1: You, you, you know what, I, I know he, he had a few detractors from his game in the weekend, but... I actually thought he, he, he went pretty well, Baker. He went, well, he got caught a couple of times, but he's taken the game on. Yeah. You know? Um, and he's still learning. But I just think uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 Higo and it could be Baker, but I'm leaning towards maybe Higo I might get a spell just to rack up a few touches in the resis and get some touchback. I mean, he had 17, 17 disposals, uh, six marks. Actually, not a bad game. One goal, or one. Maybe it won't be a couple of tackles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: it's a shit time to be a selector if they've got to try and find a way to get Rioli in. And that's what I mean. Like, someone's going to be really unlucky and probably unfairly dropped.
1: Oh, and don't tell me. We, we paid against the dogs when we did. We were too arrogant at the selection table and didn't have a couple of key backs. Tell me we're not thinking that it's going to be the Nathan Broad and Noah Bolt showing a ruck and we bring in another flanker. Tell me they're not thinking that.
0: Well, oh, it's... <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. They might have seen that it was, it, we got by okay and they might have a crack at it, but that's got disaster written all over it.
1: Just, no, Hardwick, I know you're a big fan of the show. Gimmer, <laughs> please, please, select the freaking Ruckman. Don't, don't, just don't do something dumb. Right, don't do it.
0: <laughs> all, all will be revealed. All right, before we let you guys go, we'll get a tip, including margin from each of you. CB17, I'll start with you first.
1: I'm going to sound like a bit of a flog, but I'm actually dead serious. Um, we're starting to get our mojo going the last two weeks. You can see the wheel's starting to spin a bit. And I wouldn't be surprised to see us win by about six goals, maybe seven goals, if we get a run on.
0: You realise I'm on the Essendon board. Like, you've just really... <laughs> oh, OK. No, it's, it's your tip. <laughs> Lunes, what are you going with?
2: Um, yeah, I feel like Richmond as well. But I think I think it'll be... Much closer. I think it'll probably be under twenty. I'd say. Um, I'm aware that I, I'm pretty sure I said something similar last year um, for the for the same game, and we we got absolutely eviscerated. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick to it. I think Richmond by maybe fifteen.
0: Yeah, I reckon Tigers will get up by about twenty-three. Um, I think you guys always put on a, a good fight. It's always a good game, really. Until I mean, we've probably blown it out a little bit the last couple of times, but. It's a different ball game now, a bit more on the line. I think it'll be a, a, a close contest, so it should be really interesting to see how both teams handle the occasion. Uh, a reminder, hey. that the game is on Saturday 25th of May at 7.25pm. Make sure you get there early to join in the, the celebrations and all the um, pre-game entertainment with the, the dancers and all that kind of stuff. It's always a really good night down at the Dreamtime at the G. So, Captain Blood 17 and Looney, thanks for coming on and uh, joining in with the rant at the start and for providing some good inside analysis on the game coming up this weekend yeah no worries thanks for having me no dramas at all until next time go TIGS Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Tiger Tigercast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!